Holly G with the Golf Insiders. My guest is the one, the only, Gary Van Sickle from the Morning Read. Gary, what were your thoughts? Uh, we've been talking about it on my show today about the match, Champions for Charity. How did it play out in your book? Well, I wrote a little, I wrote a little something about it, and... After the match at Seminole, I really was expecting, I had no expectations. The bar was low. I thought it was, you know, I was expecting the worst, to be honest. And it shocked me. It was tremendous. Uh, first of all, you have Phil and Tiger, who we automatically care more about than anybody else. No offense to Rory and Ricky Fowler, but they just aren't Phil and Tiger. And the two quarterbacks showed up, and I didn't care about them at all. I thought that was really ruining the match. And they turned out to be engaging and fun, and they it was kind of fun to watch them struggle with nerves, and then they both got better and hit some shots, and it just it just all came together. I thought a big thing was it, this, this innovation where they had the cameras in the cart, the cart cams. Yes. There was something about that that drew me in, and when that cart cam is on, here's Tiger driving his cart. It was just so weird to see him do that. And even if he wasn't talking to anybody on the camera, because the announcers had access, they could talk to the players, which was which was pretty good. Most of the time, the announcers kind of intruded on a few occasions. But just that visual of here's Tiger and just driving in his cart, and, it's, and you see the scenery moving behind him, it, as a viewer, it put you in the cart with him, or when Phil's talking, or when Brady's talking in the cart. You're in the cart with these guys. That was really cool and engaging. It was a great visual. And Brady and, and Manning really talked up a storm, which is things that the other guys didn't do at Seminole. And a big help was playing out of carts. They got to their balls faster. They got to the shots, the next shots faster. You know, Seminole, these guys hit tee shots. Now they got to walk 310 yards. You know, that's, that's the pace of golf. It's slow. These guys were in carts. Whammo, they're there. Yeah. And, and the when... fact that they played in and out of some rain, they're against, they're playing against the, the elements. The elements. Yeah. It was, it, it all that, but I, that cart cam and the fact that these guys talked some and then the announcers really spurred them to talk. You know, as Tiger still didn't talk a whole lot, but but Phil made up for it and really Manning and, and Brady were unexpectedly delightful. Um, yeah, I thought one of the highlights was when, when uh, Phil's got that chip shot and Justin Thomas asked him how he was going to play it. And Phil gave a you know five minute lecture on what he was going to do, more than we wanted to know actually, and then he then he did it and he almost made it. So I like you know there's Phil in a nutshell. He knew he had this all planned out. He pulled it off and it was just, uh, shot. I would say it's probably the best exhibition televised exhibition golf show I've ever seen. I mean, the only ones that would rival it would be when the old uh, Skins game when Trevino played or. Uh, one of the last years when Fred Funk and Annika played and Funk went up putting on a skirt because he lost a bed. That was a pretty fun one. But most of the time in these things, the players, the players, there's no, there's not really much by play. And in this one with the help of the announcers, there was by play. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I was shot. I, I watched, I, I recorded, watched, watched part of it a second time. It was so good. I did too. And you know, without fans, we got to really see how how wide right or left of center these guys were hitting it 
and uh, fun to watch him have to whack it out of the weeds a few times. Well, that's you know that, that's a great point. There's no crowds to stop your errant shots. There's no backstops. There's no free drop from the from the grandstands. You know, you miss a green in a PGA Tour event, you miss a green left, it hits the grandstands, and you get a free drop, you have an easy chip. Well, this is real golf like you and I play. You miss you miss it left, you're into the garbage. Look out. That's right. So it was fun. You know, I always like to see these guys battle the elements a little bit because they're so good and they can pull it off. And there's nobody better at trick shots than Phil and Tiger. That, that's part of their uh, part of their legacy is pulling these shots out of the stuff and they and we saw some it, it was great and you know manning and and brady did not have those shots out of the hazards and it was fun watching normal guys play try to play with superstars so it wound up being a good show i i was completely surprised i didn't see that coming uh peyton said i believe in the post uh wrap up that he was nervous from the first tee till the last putt went in that was pretty uh, interesting I thought on that last green there was nobody in the world happier than Peyton Manning when Tiger had that long putt and he lagged it down to inches. You know, <laughs> 10 inches, 8 inches. Because if that would have been a foot and a half, they wouldn't have given it to him. And I wouldn't bet on Manning's chances of making it. I don't think he he, he did not want to have to putt. He looked he looked really nervous when he was putting. You know, he had some good shots on occasion. He, you know, he wasn't bad, but the putting thing, man, he he was he was struggling with the putter, I think mainly due to nerves. If he would have had a one and a half footer to avoid a playoff, I don't know. I would have bet against it. So I know he was he was pretty relieved when he didn't have to putt that. And those guys made I think Phil made a joke. I think Phil joked. I still want to see Peyton putt that because he knew. They all knew. That was it was fun. These guys had fun. They kid each other. There was some uh, trash talking. You know pleasant trash talking which made it you know it had everything that the other one at Seminole didn't have you know so uh shut your mouth Chuck I loved it when he oh and Barkley I, we forgot about Barkley Barkley was the star of the show that's right he should be on you know some networks he should, he should be on golf every week on TV if CBS is looking for somebody to uh help their broadcast boy uh I'd be uh I'd be talking to his agent wouldn't you I would, you know, Barkley, he doesn't, you don't think he's smart, but he's, and he may not be super educated, but he's smart. He knows a lot of stuff. And look, the fact that he's able to make jokes from the other angle, like I can, you know, I'm a terrible golfer. He can, he still was entertaining and made, you know, he, he kind of brought in every man's view to things. And um, the only thing I, th- I thought went overboard was when Brady was really struggling, and I'm not a Tom Brady fan at all. But you almost felt bad for him because he was hitting everything sideways, fluffing chips. And Barkley was like, I'll donate a hundred thousand to $50,000 if you just hit the green. And Kefka did something to throw money. Like, you know, the poor guy is struggling enough. All you're doing is putting more pressure on him. Just leave him alone for a little bit. So I thought Barkley once or twice did, I don't want to say talk too much, but he did intrude and ask players stuff once or twice where I thought it was a little excessive, but you know, this was a new concept and the announcers and players weren't used to it. So, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't think it was bad, but I thought, yeah, I would just let Brady, just let him go. Try to get, try to play his way out of this. Somebody spun that seven iron into the hole for a two or for a four. And that one hole. Oh, that was, 
think he kind of lightened up after that. But yeah, Barkley was tremendous. He he should. I would love to see him on Golf Central with Brandel Chambly. Oh Duvall. my gosh! Would, right there's I a thought. I would love to see. Give me, you know, I got a I got a fever, and the only the only cure is more Charles. I love it. I love it. I thought it was fantastic. And um, hey, you know, an NBA Hall of Famer like that isn't gonna let what I should know, six-time Super Bowl champion off the hook for a little bit of nerves. Come on. I'm a yeah. Bills fan. You're a Steeler fan. But I, I still, uh, you know, Brady stepped up, made that hole out on number seven. You got to love it. Yeah, and he made that eagle putt. He's a good putter, apparently. His swing, his swing isn't real good, but I don't see could fix him in about 15 minutes. It was nothing serious. You know, in, in a way, you know, Barkley kind of got a little Johnny Miller in him in that, you know, he's a former MVP, he's an NBA All-Star Hall of Famer. He's been there and done it all in basketball. So even though he knows he's not a good golfer, he has that attitude that I've been there and done it. I, I can, he's not afraid to say whatever he wants. How about when he's he's making fun of Alabama people? He's talking about Justin Thomas, like, "Oh, you people, all you people in Alabama got your GEDs. Yeah, good for you." <laughs> like, huh, that was great, you know. And, and he made it. Then he made the comment about uh, wearing red and black. Oh and yeah. He, uh, and he made that comment that a lot everybody would relate to. It's like, you know, I'm an SEC guy. We see red and black. Those are Georgia colors. I'm not I'm not wearing Georgia colors. You can't pay me to wear Georgia colors. And it's exactly what a lot of people thought. So I, Charles is really in touch with the average guy, kind of like Johnny Miller was. He, he knew what the average guy thought, although people that, some people didn't think so. But uh, he had that he had that air of entitlement that yeah, I, I've I've done enough. I'm entitled to have a strong opinion about anything. And you know, he said stuff that Terry Gannon or you know Mike Tirico or other people couldn't say. But he said it because he's Charles Parker. And he can back it up. So it, it was. It, he was. Uh, I'd like to see more of him. On some more. Let's get some more Charles at golf. Look, we lost McCord and Costas, and they didn't really replace him with anything exciting. I, I would like to see see Charles get a place. I don't know if I don't know if Augusta would, National would go from the Masters broadcast, but I would love to see Charles have a place somewhere in the world of televised golf on a regular basis. We're starting because he's, he's smart and he's funny. We're starting it here on the Golf Insiders. Let's get a big writing campaign for uh, for Charles. I think it would be fantastic. I thought the only low point, honestly, was this big buildup they did to, you know, him shooting, was it bogey or better, on the 18th? Um, yeah. You know, I wish they had maybe shown that at the beginning because I think it would have, you know, been been a fun way to get things started. Uh, I would say that yeah, was, I, I, that I was really, the only yeah. uh, dud. I didn't really know what that was supposed to be all about. I, I, I almost wondered if that was something they had on hand in case their telecast ran short. Uh, you know, they had to have some backup because what if, what if uh, they were playing match play, right? What if, what if somebody wins four and three, five and four, you know, and they, they end on 13. So they probably had to have some other stuff ready in case, rent short but of course the one i'm going long because of the rain delay so yeah i don't know what that was all about why we needed to see that and you know as ernie johnson called it he said he was gonna stick charles to make a seven charles made a seven so 
<laughs> that was kind of fun. But yeah, look, it's Barkley has been there. We all know his struggles with the golf game when he was on the show with Hank Haney, and uh, he is. He's, he makes, like watching a, he's like watching a car wreck. It's fun to watch him play golf because he can all relate. He makes Matt Wolf's swing uh, look good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Matt Wolf. I, you know, I, I do enjoy watching Matt, Matt Wolf swing. He reminds me of Furyk a little bit, but he's got his own unique thing, and uh, I, think he's, I think he's got it figured out. I, he's got the, he uses that lower body, which is exactly what Brady doesn't do. You know, Somebody just needs to tell Brady, look, how do you throw a ball? How do you throw a pass 50 yards? You don't just stand there and use your arms. Your legs are involved, buddy. You're 6'4. You get your legs involved in golf, you ought to be hitting a 280, not 240, 230. So uh, that would be an easy fix for Brady. Just like you got to start using your lower body some because you know how to do it. You're not, you do it all the time in football. Well, apparently his pants were too tight, as we know. He, He ended up splitting them. And he seemed to loosen up quite a bit once he put the rain pants on. So maybe that was it. The pants were just a little too tight. Maybe, yeah. Well, I sometimes I have that problem, but not for the same reason as him. I probably his wallet just didn't fit in his pants. It was too big. But I, who knows? Well, as diehard football fans, uh, we managed to almost uh, do the entire segment breaking down uh, the match. But there has been some breaking news um, over uh, night that the John Deere Classic has been canceled. The uh, event that would have been uh, scheduled July 9th through the 12th, part of the restart um, after Colonial in June. Any updates on that that you're hearing? Well, I thought it was interesting on the official release. um, They said canceling the John Deere, which I was stunned. Like, what? I thought every all these tournaments were up and running. And then later in the thing, the late release, they said, well, we're going to replace the PGA Tour said we're going to replace it with a new tournament. I was like, what? They're going to have a new tournament? And they said new, not move one. They're going to have a new one. So I don't know who's sponsoring that or where or, you know, they're going to be just, we still going to have no fans in July. I don't know. Meanwhile, another buddy of mine who lives in Illinois sent me a thing. It's like, well, here's the new guidelines that Illinois put out for the COVID, you know, opening up business. He said, you might take note of number 18. So I, we looked down the list. Number 18, it says, no golf outings or golf tournaments, period. That's the sentence. It's like, well, I guess that's why John Deere got canceled because it's in Illinois. And Illinois, which is run by Democrats, uh, in Illinois, had flare-ups. They're just they're 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 keeping it clamped down. They no no golf. So that's the end of the John Deere. But it certainly leads to a lot of speculation. Like a new tournament, where who's going to pay for it? Who's the sponsor? Why? Uh, I mean, yeah. How does the PGA Tour going to whip up a new sponsor and a new tournament out of thin air? You know, in two months. So I, I tip my cap to them for doing that. But uh, I'm I'm amazed or impressed or you know, I, you know they say new. Like you think, well, Greenbrier got out of the thing, out of the they dropped out because they didn't like their fall date. They wanted to be in July, but would they be considered a new tournament? I don't, I don't, you know, because they they had a tournament and they 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 canceled the. They usually agreed to drop the tournament, the tour, and the 
Greenbrier, but maybe that's a wild card possibility. They go back to the Greenbrier in West Virginia, well, just had the military tribute tournament the last couple of years. I but think, they did not. They didn't want the fall date. So yeah, that's and I one, think, but I, I don't know. I think there were some also some financial problems uh, behind behind that decision. Um, well, they, yeah. The, well, in the fall, they can't get anybody to come, and it just didn't work in the fall. This fall date just didn't work. Well, the the rest of the statement said the tour will provide details in the near future on the venue and location. Well, if it's in July, you almost assume it's got to be north of the Mason-Dixon line. But, you know, I I don't know. Who's got what kind of a tie-in? Who, who wants a tournament? I, I don't know. Where, where are they going to go? Are they going to go to Chicago? Are they going to go to, uh, you know, some former BMW sites? Are they going to go to, uh, they go to Ronamink? They go to Congressional? Probably didn't want them. I'm just thinking some of the tournaments that, you know, TPC, Boston, some of the sites they use in the FedEx Cup, maybe one of them is that's not being used this year. Or the, um, well, I, I don't know. I think the Fed isn't. I think the BMW is at uh, Olympic uh, Olympia Fields this year. I think they could maybe go to Conway Farms or one of the other ones, or they could go to Benton Benton Harbor, or I don't know. The field's wide open for, you know, I think, you know, you and I have talked before, if, you, if you're not going to have fans at your event, there's a lot of golf, a lot more golf courses that could host a PGA Tour event than normal because you, you need this big footprint and facilities to, and parking to accommodate all, you know, 50,000 fans. If you don't have that, you can just go to anybody who's got a decent golf course. So you can go to, you know, you can pretty pick a name out of a hat that could host a golf tournament. So well, it's all down to who's the sponsor and where do they want to have it, you know, because they want to sponsor obviously wants it to be near their headquarters. Maybe you go to you know, like Dell match play in Austin. Maybe Dell still wants in and, and have stroke play. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I, I don't even have a good guess, but well, the tour, always, uh, it's interesting. The tour always, you know, speaks that they've got, they've got sponsors in the queue. You know, it's just a matter of finding places in the schedule which clearly uh, this year is uh, very difficult. But I would just seem, it would seem for a new event, okay, you know, you don't have the fans, you don't have all the infrastructure, uh, you know, at least if it's to fill that slot. Um, but it's, it would be a little curious to launch a new event. And also, you know, just the financial um, stake that that requires even at a, you know, watered-down level, don't you think? Yeah, well, uh, what's the sponsorship cost if you don't have fans and you don't have luxury boxes, you don't sell tickets and you don't do all that? You still got you still got the payroll of the, uh, you know, the purse. Uh, I, I, it's, it's still got to be, you know, a, a lot of millions. So it'd be, it's a great chance for a sponsor to you know, for a one-time sponsor to kind of jump in and get some exposure and jump out and not be stuck long-term. I just wonder if there's any anybody whose tournaments, you know, got canceled who wants back in for a week, whether it's Valspar or somebody like that. I, but, you know, there's so many, so many potential people, and 
you know, it's almost got to be somebody, if you've got a sponsor, it's got to be some company that's doing well, not somebody who's got hammered during the shutdown. Let's face it, if you if you laid everybody off during the shutdown, kind of a bad luck if you're coming in and dropping $8 million to host a PGA Tour event during the, during the shutdown or where we're just reopening. Um, so that, I think, would limit the field of potential sponsors. It'll be interesting to see, uh, but, you know, the PGA Tour, one thing they do is they are great at finding people who host tournaments, pay for tournament sponsors. If you think about it, they've got to get over 100 sponsors every year, every you know, for the, the PGA Tour, the Senior Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour. Then, of course, they know they help out on the Canadian Tour, which is the McKenzie Tour. That's a lot of, you know, you're talking 120, 130 sponsors for those four tours. That's a lot of that's a lot of corporate money, and I know the McKenzie Tour ones change about every other year, and even the Corn Ferry Tour, those sponsors only last usually th- the length of one contract, then they move on. So they're always it's like a juggler trying to keep all these plates spinning on the sticks, like we used to see in the Ed Sullivan show when I was a kid. The the tour does a great job doing that, and uh, you know I, I wouldn't want that job. But, that, that, man, they are they are great at keeping the money flowing. I, I got to tip my hat to them. Yes, and that keeps the charitable giving flowing because, as we know, virtually all the tournaments are organized as nonprofit organizations. In 2019, uh, the tour generated a record 204.3 million for local and national charities, bringing the all-time total to more than three billion. And uh, Hats off to the match, uh, Champions for Charity raising $20 million for COVID relief. And Gary, I don't know about you, it's just uh, got me more excited for uh, the second week of June, June 11th through the 14th when uh, we'll be heading to Texas and the Colonial to reboot the 2019-2020 season. It'll be hard for just a normal PG Tour event to be to live up to the Tiger and Phil event. I mean, be honest. We're going to be back to regular golf, which isn't quite as sexy as the the cart cam with Tiger and Phil. So I know people are. I got something from a, a betting group. I think it's BetOnline.ag, a betting online betting in the UK somewhere. They sent me odds list of odds yesterday for. Who will be Tiger and Phil's partners the next time they do an exhibition? I think they think the leaders were Steph Curry and Tony Romo on the betting odds. And I thought, why would I bet on something that I'm not going to be able to collect for a year or whatever? But they're already t- they're already talking about the next one. That's how good this one was. So Colonial's going to actually have a lot to live up to in the wake of this this exhibition, which is kind of ironic. But uh, I think we yeah, who doesn't want to see real golf again? Let's get let's get to it. All right. Well, as always, Gary Van Sickle. Oh, Mr. Van Sickle, giving us his uh, his authentic and transparent thoughts. Maybe uh, you should be thinking about a career in broadcasting, Gary. We'll uh, we'll have to stay tuned for that. Seems like seems like we need it. We need a little bit of a little bit of sass and sauce out there to make these uh, tournaments a little livelier. So we'll we'll see if anybody takes a bait. What do you think? Well, I'm going to fall back on my old misprinted Sports Illustrated business card that said I was a senior waiter. So, senior waiter. <laughs> uh, I can tell you today's specials. Other than that, that's about all I got. 
All right, my friend. Thank you so much as always. The it was great being had. Heading to the first tee. You got it.